Ole Miss commits were all over the field Saturday in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game and also those Valpo demons that's been going on for decades. They finally got dealt with. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Today, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff, including the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game, Valpo Demons, talking little hoops in the second segment. Our transfer portal spotlight will be about the wide receiver position this week. Anyway, before we get started, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're currently trying to figure out what we're going to do whenever we hit 4,000, which Probably is going to happen in a couple of months if the last couple of months are any indication. So we will get that figured out. But for 3000 we are going to do a live pregame show for the Texas Bowl, December 28th. Tune in for me. I'm going to find some people to come on, hopefully, and talk about the game. Now, I realize between Christmas and New Year's, it can be difficult. So bear with me there. But we're going to try and do something. But regardless, we are going to live stream and let you have your say. Should be fun. Anyway. The Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game, Sunterine Perkins, Jamarius Brown, and Aiden Williams absolutely balled out, all three of them. Now, there was some deficiencies, we'll say, um, for the offensive line-wise, where the, both the defensive lines kind of had their way. But the game ended up being like a 14-10 Alabama win. Whenever I cut the game off, it was 10 to nothing. when I went over to the Ole Miss Valpo game. So I don't know what happened entirely late. Could have been a special teams turnover, something like that. It, it That doesn't matter because in those games, final scores don't mean anything. But what does mean something is Sunterine Perkins was absolutely everywhere. He was a man-child in that game and completely just threw off the opposing team's offense. Now, there's little things that they can and couldn't do and things that they had to do. It's a typical all-star game. But Sunterine Perkins completely dominated. His speed to the outside, his athleticism, um, his just football savvy, just playing the game and reading and knowing what has come is so far ahead of what normal high school players are that he has a chance to be an extremely successful person at the next level. Now, we're not going to get into the drama in the last two weeks because that's what it is. We're in the last two weeks of signing day, so you're going to hear stories about players that could go absolutely everywhere. We're not going to play that soap opera game. As long as commits next to his name, we're going to treat him like he's committed. If he goes somewhere else, he goes somewhere else. But there's a reason people are recruiting our commits, and that is because they are elite. The evaluation process has absolutely come through for the Ole Miss Rebels this cycle. And it doesn't matter about recruiting rankings at the moment because I think they only have 12 high school commits anyway. Um, it doesn't matter um, about anything. These are really good players. And if you look at their high school list, and we're going to talk to John Garcia a little bit later on this week about high school recruiting. I know some people have been asking about it. Um, we're going to get him on him to get, give us an update of what's going on. 
But Suntoring Perkins, absolutely elite player. After after this, I I can't imagine he doesn't even go up further. I think he has a chance personally to get close to five star realm. That that's how good of a player Suntoring Perkins is. He's an elite player. He's one of the best high school football players to come out of Mississippi. I think since Tony Connor, maybe Nicobe Dean. He is one of those players that whenever they have a state championship game and they just completely ball out. And, you know, J.J. Pegues did that for Oxford where he just did everything but carry water. Nicobe Dean was everywhere in that state championship. And that's another state championship game at Southern, by the way. Both of those were at Southern along with this one. Um, but Tony Connor is another player that just did everything, was such a good football player. And I compare Suntoreen Perkins to him as a bigger version of him, to where Suntoreen Perkins can go to Ole Miss. He's tailor-made for that box safety role and 230 pounds doing it. Built like a linebacker, can play like a safety. Super athlete. Honestly, he's the type player that Georgia and Alabama have been making a living off of the last decade, honestly. So he has a chance to be really good moving forward. Jamarius Brown surprised me in the um in the Mississippi Alabama All Star game. Now I knew he was a good player. I've seen his film, um, and everything's going on. You, you could tell that he was an athletic player, but for Moss Point, he did just a little bit of everything. I mean, he lined up on punt return and blocked the punt, and he'd line up at linebacker at end wherever the defense needed him. He lined up well in the All Star game. He kind of settled in as a three technique, an honest-to-goodness true three technique, and sometimes nose guard, and was just a handful for the Alabama offensive line and caused all kinds of problems for them. Those two players on defense kind of controlled the inside and the outside. It it was absolutely amazing, and they could be very, very good players. Now, Suntering Perkins, Alabama is going to recruit him until the very end. I mean – all these schools, these players are good enough. Nobody's going to stop recruiting them. If people stop recruiting your guys, that's probably a red flag for you. Jamarius Brown, hard recruiting by LSU. They are trying desperately to flip him as well. Another good player going to be recruited to the end. The third player in the game was Aiden Williams, who LSU is also full court pressing on at the moment. Like I said, if you're not getting recruited, um, if your commits aren't getting recruited, they're probably not commit worthy to begin with so do not freak out at all all of these news or things are happening we just have to wait until december 21st to see exactly how they go honestly so aiden williams long pass down the sideline excellent body control you saw all the things that make him a special player i'm looking forward to him i think he's going to be honestly the replacement for jonathan mingo on the outside it you know we joke around and call this wide receiver you and it, it He's the heir apparent to that number one jersey. Now, whenever we look in the third segment to where we do the portal spotlight, you can see that there is a body type they're sending out offers for. They're not concentrating right now on slot receivers, which tells me maybe Jalen Robinson is returning. So him and Jordan Watkins, kind of, they're going to be okay there. But on the outside, where blocking on top of being a receiving threat is important, you're seeing larger receivers getting offers in the transfer portal. But we're going to talk about that in the third segment. But Ole Miss has a chance to be a fairly special outfit um, if these players come in to Oxford. Again, 
they're going to be recruited and they're going to be recruited until they sign on the dotted line. And that's because if they're not, you probably have a little bit of a problem. You want your commits to be recruited. Um, all the way, Auburn trying to get in with Marcel Reed. A&M trying to get in with Marcel Reed. You want your commits to be recruited to the end. That's a sign that they are good commits and people are throwing up Hail Marys to try and land them. So be patient. Understand what's going on. There's going to be news everywhere. I mean, there's not much you can trust about it anyway, but let's just wait until December 21st. We're going to live stream about all these things and we'll go about um, the players when they sign. That is um, a week and a half away we'll be doing those live streams. That's pretty impressive. Next weekend, I'm going to be building um slides and thumbnails so it should be a lot of fun anyway i do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by linkedin jobs these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and for free. So go online and create a profile. Just like most social medias, creating a profile, you can see exactly how it needs to be. There's templates online. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering high-quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. It's from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Ole Miss exercised some Valpo demons this weekend. It doesn't matter what Valpo's record was. It doesn't matter that none of the players that played for Valpo were born when this happened. That shot in, what was it, 97 or 98, that has had an effect on Ole Miss basketball fans' psyche since then. This game was necessary. It turned into a cathartic experience. I made a comment on Twitter that I'm not sure that Valpo knew exactly what they were walking into when they scheduled this game. I don't think they understood that the greatest moment in their school's history, so many would people would be rooting for them to fail. And they did. And Ole Miss poured it on them. That poor Valpo could not stop anybody from getting the to the bucket. Deshaun Ruffin played extremely well. He had like 14 points. Matthew Morrell at 17. Amari Abram played fairly well as well. You see exactly how this team is coming together. And there's still some work to be done with Tennessee coming up in a couple of weeks. So they've got to get to that point and get there fairly quickly. But I think they can't because everybody freaked out about the Memphis game. And they looked at what happened there and they're like, oh my goodness, not again, not again, not again. Well, then last night, Memphis beat Auburn by nine on a neutral court. This wasn't even at the FedEx Forum. This was on a neutral court. 
So maybe Memphis is a little bit better than we give them credit for. They do have a bunch of 26-year-old guys, 25-year-old guys, older players that can kind of big boy you a little bit. They're an extremely physical group. So I think maybe we need to pump the brakes on everything that's going on with the basketball program for the moment. All the doom and gloom. Everybody is, you know how I feel about the people that take the latest data point and just extend that into eternity. That is no way to judge any type of team whatsoever when differences are going to go up and down throughout the season. Everybody wants to know how it's going to end. Everybody wants to be a soothsayer. Everybody wants to be Miss Cleo about a team in September before they get to a bowl game in December or a basketball team in December before even before they get to March Madness. Everybody wants to know the question, is this Ole Miss team good enough for March Madness? And the answer is, we don't know. Nobody knows. Could this team get there? Absolutely. Could this team not get there? Yeah, it could. So enjoy the games. Enjoy the ride because this is a fun team, guys. People are so focused on the NCAA tournament and what's going on with them. And missing the fact that Miles Burns is amazing. He is my favorite player by far that has come through the Ole Miss basketball program probably since Jason Smith. Unbelievable engine guy. He's a guy you can put on the other team's best player and just turn him loose. Your defense is going to be better because he is such an elite defensive player. He's amazing, and his slams are just thunderous. It's just amazing. He's a better free throw shooter than Jason, but, I mean, maybe that's not Jason's fault, but they provide the same thing in the concept of a team. Now, you look at Deshaun Ruffin. From the Memphis game to this game, it was probably a 200% improvement. And he's going to get better and better and better. He needs to, for lack of a better word, be right by December 28th. And that's what we're building to, December 28th. Ole Miss in Tennessee, before the Texas Bowl. We want to see how that goes, or it might be at, during the Texas Bowl. I, I don't know exactly when that will happen, but we'll see what happens with the Ole Miss-Tennessee game. Remember, Ole Miss opens up with Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi State, and Auburn in SEC play. One and three would be okay. Two and two, you'd be over the moon with. Anything better than that is gravy. Yeah, I mean... So everybody that wants to take these data points and just extend and a loss to Memphis in, was that, early December, just completely throws off the rest of your fanhood? Now, it's imperative that Ole Miss basketball does not slip off up in the next four games. If they can go, what is it, 12-2 and two in their non-con or whatever it was, they're positioned relatively well. That's eight wins away from 20 wins in the season. That's a big plus, with the only loss being Memphis, which is a very good AAC team. I know what people think about Memphis, but they are a very good AAC team. And Oklahoma, which, until Arkansas just kind of out-athleting them at the end, a top-10 Arkansas team struggled with Oklahoma for most of the day. Now, that's two good losses. Now, there's no such thing as a good loss, but as far as the NCAA tournament goes, neither one of those losses are going to hurt you. That is my point when I say good losses. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm telling you, this team is fun. Matthew Morrell plays better with Deshaun Ruffin. That's one thing I've noticed almost immediately. 
Ole Miss is a different basketball team with Amari Abram running the point and Deshaun Ruffin. That's not a bad thing either because whenever something's not working, for some reason the Ruffin system is not working, all of a sudden you switch your system without even really switching anything. I think that is a good good step for the Ole Miss basketball program. And I think they have a chance to be okay. Like I said, the start of the SEC play is just brutal. But after that, it's going to get a little easier. So maybe this team is going to take some patience as the season goes on. This team, if they can sneak into the fifth or sixth bid in the league, if they're good enough to where they can get a bid at six or seven, it'll be interesting. If they win, I think, nine games in the conference and they win out in their non-conference, I think that's something like 21 wins. I'm not sure exactly the whole number, but um, I think they would be close to that. So, everybody be patient with this basketball team. This team is light years better than last year's team. Whenever anybody says, oh, it's the same as last year, no, that's not the case at all. The only thing that this team has that last year had is sometimes they can go into a shooting desert um, to where shots don't seem to fall, and that is problematic for this team. But when this team is making shots and has time to set up their defense and do that stuff – This team's pretty good. I'm not saying they're Arkansas. I'm not saying they're Alabama. I'm saying they're pretty good. So give them a shot. Give them a watch. I mean, Miles Burns is worth the price of admission on his own. Unbelievable hustle player. All of the stuff from the Rob Evans teams that happened in the mid to late 90s, you get that with Miles Burns, and it's worth it. If you want that flashback, there it is. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm pretty excited about that, honestly. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On Ole Miss, we believe a home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially during the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system. Simply Safe, and right now, Simply Safe is being offered to Locked On Ole Miss listeners at 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. This is why I love it. Okay. 2019, I had major brain surgery. And because of that, it's made me quite forgetful. And sometimes I'll just go out. It just is what it is. And I'll walk out, forget the security systems, come back in. The security system will go off. They'll call me, Mr. Willis. Did it happen again? Yes, it did. And the point of this is, If they will do this for the worst customer known to man over something seemingly innocuous as me just simply forgetting the security system is armed, imagine what they would do in real life. Imagine the protection you would get. Imagine who is paying attention. That is is just fantastic. So SimpliSafe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. They rank everything, don't they? So... Don't miss your chance to save big on your my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new security system at simplysafe.com locked on college today. That's simplysafe.com locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for 3,000 subscribers. We'll try not to let you down. We're going to have fun commentating and giving perspectives on Ole Miss football along the way. Today's transfer portal spotlight 
is going to be on the wide receiver position, and specifically three wide receivers. Now, we'll start with Rara Thomas at Mississippi State. And normally I have graphics, but I didn't get them in, um, imported into the computer before I started the show, so we don't have graphics today. Rara Thomas, a six foot two, 200-pound um, receiver out of Eufaula, Alabama. Why is that important? Eufaula, Alabama is where Katie Hill is from. It is also where I believe a kid is being recruited that's committed to Georgia Tech. I forget his name. Um, but that's somebody else from Eufaula that um, is worth paying attention to. This season, Ra-Ra came up with 44 receptions, 626 yards, seven touchdowns, averaged 14 and a half yards per reception. That's up from 18 for 252 as a freshman. His second numbers, this year's numbers, were sophomore numbers. So he has two years worth of eligibility as well. With Malik Heath having a really good year and showing that it is possible to make that jump from the Mike Leach air raid system into Lane Kiffin's offense where they throw the ball downfield, there's a chance for growth for Heath. It's a chance for growth for Ra-Ra Thomas. Ole Miss is listed with Georgia and Auburn, I believe, as his choices. And I don't know if it's true, but I saw something on Twitter today that he was planning on announcing his commitment spot on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So we'll wait to see about that. Like I said, I don't know if that's true or true or not. Um, but it's worth paying attention to. It's worth mentioning. But good player, really good player, could really help Ole Miss's offense. Now, before we tell you the other two, the reason that you're going to notice, these receivers are all going to be over 200 pounds and they're all going to be 6'2 or higher. Because these outside receivers have such an important job in blocking. You have to be unbelievably unselfish to play wide receiver in our system. Everybody talks about um, all the numbers and everything. Lane Kiffin likes to throw the ball down the field, all of that stuff. That's great. You really have to be good blockers to play wide receiver at Ole Miss. And with Quinshawn Judkins, and if Zach Evans returns with him, or if it's Kedrick Riscano, or um, if it's... Ulysses Bentley the fourth playing running back. The outside receivers is going to be important that they block really well, and they're built size-wise at the level they are because of honestly uh, getting a mismatch on corners. Most corners are going to be 175, 180 pounds generally. They're going to be 5'10 to 6 foot. You're going to be able to create that mismatch. If you want to run the ball outside, you might have a mismatch with a larger wide receiver. So that's one of the reasons that larger wide receivers get recruited and get used a lot in the Ole Miss system. Ra-Ra Thomas, a really good player, though. Um, another option for Ole Miss is Trey Harris. He's a six foot two, 205-pound receiver. So there's, there's that height and weight again. Um, from Lafayette, Louisiana. He went to Como High School, um, but he's from Louisiana Tech. They started running him a little bit um, this past year. He was becoming an option for uh, for them at wide receiver for Sonny Cumbie's offense. So it's a little bit of air raid principled stuff. So it's another one trying to make that jump. His, his season high was against Middle Tennessee where he went for 157. His longest catch was 64 yards. And he also had a three-touchdown game this year. He was an all-conference um, all USA player. Good player. Now, if you want to look at him against elite competition, 
He went six for 37 against Missouri. Now, elite, I, 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 get, I get it. Um, he went four for 56 and a touchdown against Clemson. These are decent teams. UAB, six for 63 and a touchdown. UTSA, five for 49. Um, so good performances against decent teams. He went over 100 yards three times this year against UTEP at North Texas and against Middle Tennessee. He had 10 touchdowns in a year. His long was 64 yards. So good player. Has a chance to step up and do well, kind of a Troy Brown type thing at Ole Miss. Um, but he is that bigger type wide receiver because, the, because of what they're asked to do. Now, the next one, he doesn't have necessarily numbers that will wow you, but he has the size. And I have some questions about this, this one. Not necessarily anything negative about him, but... This is about Joshua Cobbs, who is um, basically the number one wide receiver at Wyoming, six foot four, two hundred and five pounds. See, there's there there's that size again. Um, his season high on the year was seventy seven yards against Tulsa. His longest catch was a fifty one yarder against Tulsa. He hasn't overly been used that well. Now that could be a situation that Wyoming just doesn't have that dude at quarterback. Josh Allen's not walking through that door for them. But you might ha see him as a little bit of a hybrid type situation. The way they used Jonathan Mingo this past season at the end of the year, I think he could do a little bit of that. But he is a good receiver. He was the number one receiver at Wyoming. But most people are expecting him to potentially go to another G5 school because his numbers aren't overly impressive. But it could be a situation where talent just hasn't bled through at all. I think Isaiah Noor was a Wyoming receiver that went to Texas, got hurt, didn't play that much during the season. But we'll see exactly what happens with these three guys. As you can see, when it comes to wide receivers right now in the portal, Ole Miss has a type. And that type is going to be really important for what they do moving forward. Now, next week we're going to hit on edge players a little bit. And then... We'll see exactly where the portal goes from there because they may go from one position to the next to the next because as information and offers go out, we will um, listen and commentate on all that stuff. So hope everybody had a good time with that. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, if anything happens after I record today um, and you see this and you hey, Steve, this is old news. I understand that. I had to record a little bit early today because we have some Christmas-type stuff that we need to do. But we'll continue to monitor throughout the week into next weekend through Christmas, the whole nine yards, and should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thank you guys very much for tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow. Take care. Peace.